Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So the last time we spoke, you guys were heading to Dallas to take a look at some of the production process of the Mark One, and I wanted to see how that all went. Oh, roller coaster! Uh, oh dear! So, <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, we drove up. I don't know if it was like the next day or something. We drove up um, with all the parts, uh, and you know, we met. We had like we had never like physically met the supplier, so we met uh, Ed. And um, yeah. this was a, this is a Cerakote supplier to yeah, to Cerakote supplier. We talked last episode about how our previous supplier totally bait and switched us, right? Yeah. Just want to make sure it's on the record. Yeah, yeah. With the with the uh, you got a price and then they just completely ignored it. Yeah. So uh, so this guy, um, they like were really helping us out. They're like doing us a solid. Uh, they don't really have time to do it, but they're like, okay, we'll, we'll like help you guys out. So we drove up there, you know, kind of went over what we were looking for in terms of the exact finish level and just like some QC quality control stuff to look out for and all this stuff. And we were thinking we were gonna like hang out up there a little bit and work with them but they you know it just seemed like we were kind of just like in their way and they wanted to get started and so we decided to just drive back home so we drove back home and when we were almost home we uh, you know i get this call from them and it's like well we have some bad news and we're like oh no <laughs> and it turned out that um so the the pin bodies are nickel plated um like they're aluminum but then they're nickel plated and we're doing that because the on the uh inner diameters of where the knock slides in uh, we want it to be nickel so that it's just like better wear characteristics and it doesn't wear down uh, and it's like slides better than just like nickel on aluminum. And so uh, the problem is, uh, or was in particular, was that uh, the plating on the exterior of the pin body on some on some of the parts uh, and in some places was not... Um, it, you could say adhered well, but it's not really adhesion. It's like a chemical process, but it, it basically had some like uh, almost like bubbles or something so that when they were doing their surface prep for the Cerakote where they basically have to like sandblast to make the surface uh, rough it would like hit one of those like bubbles basically and kind of like blow it off and so what you would end up with was a part uh, on the pin body that was like a thousandth or maybe even a half of a thousandth uh, like like a thousandth of an inch pothole on the side of the pin and they could do work to kind of feather that edge and kind of smooth it out. But uh, the end result is that like on the final finish of the body, like if you're looking at a microscope and you're being really kind of looking in the light, you can kind of see a difference. Um, and so we, I don't know, it was kind of like a heart attack moment uh, where we were like, well, how much of a problem is that? Like uh, such a tiny hole? Like uh, why is that such a huge di- issue? I don't understand. Have I missed something? Yeah, well, so there's two issues. One is it ends up being that we basically have to reject like many of the part, like a high percentage of the parts because that issue can be really bad. Um, but the other bigger, kind of bigger issue is that it really slows them down. Okay. Um, and so 
we like what they would do like if these are just like raw aluminum or some like steel or something they would like the kind of sandblasting stuff that they do they would like really turn up the volume and the pressure and they can like process them like five times as fast okay like really fast and so um they take right now they take about a minute per pin just to do the sandblasting whereas before they were expecting to be like way less than that and so what that means is like they are kind of working overtime and kind of like pulling out all the stops to get them pins done in time for us to like meet our shipping deadlines basically for kickstarter backers but the drama was really getting to the point where we figured out a what the problem was and we had to figure out a whole new kind of racking system and process to uh kind of get to where we could get this get it going fast enough and all this stuff so it was a good like two weeks of every night like every day like being really stressful and me like making new fixtures overnighting them to them in dallas and them testing it and doing all the stuff so it was like a very stressful uh like week or so from basically since we like since we last spoke um and so that's been just like and like a, a nightmare honestly um it wouldn't have been as a, a much of a nightmare if we weren't kind of up this tight like against this tight deadline but that's just kind of the way things work out, obviously, with the holidays. So, you know, now we're in a place where we still have quite a bit of, um, re- like, uh, rejection. So, like, we have a pretty high percentage of the parts that, like, don't, like, will, won't work. We have to reprocess or something. Um, but we have, we'll have enough to fulfill our Kickstarter backers. But uh, we're, we still have this, like, problem. So it's kind of a problem we're going to solve down the road. But right now we're focusing on just, like, you know, getting getting enough parts to fulfill Kickstarter backers and then hopefully some for the holidays um, to be able to sell. So, you know, we're kind of running against the gun. But the good news is, is that just as we speak this morning, uh, you know, we received the first thousand pins from them. Uh, so, you know, we're starting, uh, we're kind of starting to be able to really put full pins together. So that's exciting. But it's been kind of a long two weeks or so to get yeah, here. Yeah, and they're and they're rolling now, right? Like they've kind of figured yeah. out a process that is, you know, smooth and uh is working well for them. So yeah, it took took yeah. longer to get there, but now things are going good to where So how did it get resolved though? Uh so this is not more technical details, but so the the original plan was to put like about uh forty or so pins on kind of like a tree, like a two-sided tree where you had this like rod and then the pins were like stuck on there and they could really sandblast them really quick, like all together. But because they have to be more careful uh, because the nickel plate is like kind of more fragile than what everyone thought it would be, um, they're doing this new process where we have this, they're individually uh, racked on like a aluminum dowel with like a silicone cap on it. So you can, we can plug up the, um end the back like id so that doesn't get any abrasion in it or anything mm-hmm. um and then they kind of roll it with their hand as they're sandblasting to like get it real evenly and then they also use that same rolling technique when they're spraying the cerakote to get a really even coat around the pin um so that's kind of been the major change in terms of the process that we like finally settled on and then you know they're just getting better at you know you know, the particulars of blasting this specific thing with, with the nickel plating. So now, you know, they're at a rate where they're hitting about 400 a day. Um, so that, you know, that at that rate, that we should be able to kind of get like meet our shipping goals. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it, was, it was kind of a long road to get there. I mean, for a long time, we were just trying to figure out, 
you know, A, what was going on with the plating and just a process that would like fix it all together. But basically we've just settled on, we know we're going to have parts that we basically have to either replate or throw out or something. We'll figure that out later, but we're just kind of putting our heads down and moving forward with the parts that we do have um, to kind of push through. So that was another part of the kind of journey. So it's not like that there's something specifically wrong with these parts. Oh, no, it's wrong. No, 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 it's totally wrong. Like this plate, it should not be happening. So there's something happened with uh, the plater that our manufacturer used to do the nickel plating on aluminum. And it is a very difficult process. Like I've called some other platers here in the States and they're like, yeah, we're not surprised. Like even it's like very difficult, like very few players can do it like very well. And if we weren't, if we weren't literally sandblasting the nickel plating, this would not be an issue. But it's the fact that we're kind of, we're really like testing it because we need to put um, this kind of rough texture on the exterior that this kind of, because when you look at the part, you can't see it. You can't really see an issue. It's really just kind of a, when, um, when aluminum is electroless nickel plated, it's kind of a complex thing where first a layer of copper goes down and then nickel goes on top of the copper and it's a chemical process. And so if there's any kind of contaminant or anything on the aluminum or I don't know, maybe in the chemicals, I don't know, um, you don't get like perfect, it's not exactly adhesion, but you can think of it of it like adhesion. And so that's likely what's going on. Right, but when I mentioned about it being an issue, what I mean is like the ones that have this problem they are still perfectly fine for the customer. It's just the process becomes harder, right? No, no, they're not oh. fine for the customer. Yeah, so, like, we, huh. like I mean, we could ship them to a customer and they probably would not tell. They probably could not tell. But uh, this is like not good enough. And so okay. we are... So they're scrapped. They're going to be scrapped. These well, parts. they might not be scrapped. So you can strip them and replate them. And so we're investigating that. Uh, so we, we just don't know. We basically don't have the time to figure that out yet but we're you know we're keeping the parts and we'll figure it out so i think i've gotten a little bit lost in this story somewhere (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) so you got these parts that had these whole these microscopic holes in them and the microscopic holes meant that they were wrong right and this is a problem with a nickel process so what are the cerakote and company what pen what bodies are they working on then the ones we have so it's like you know, 70%, 50 to 70% of them are perfectly fine. There's no issue. Right. They process them and they're fine. When they're blasting them and one has a, quote, failure, that we call it, where there's like a sheet of nickel plating that comes off, we, st- we just put it aside. Okay. So these are two separate things that are happening, right? So, so like, let me explain what I mean. Some are coming in, they have the holes in, you can't use them. Then of the ones that you can use, when they're being sandblasted, they're breaking. No, we don't know about the... The quote, it's not really holes, it's like bubbles. You, you don't know that something's wrong until it's sandblasted. Until they sandblast Okay, it. Yeah. now That's I get you. So yeah. of what's coming in, they're not all like this. Some are fine. No. But you have yeah. to go slower on the sandblasting so you can identify that there are issues. Mm-hmm. That's well, what's happening. Well, there's two. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they have to go slower. They have to go slower just because of nickel plating in general. Yeah. Um, right. But then when they're even going slow... They will like hit this problem, and then so these holes, whilst n- people would never notice them, what it does mean is that sandblasting will destroy it, right? Because like it's going to get in, the, like the blasting is going to get in, the pressure is going to be too high, and the abrasions will cause a fracture 
in the in the in the yeah it's not breaking it's all about just the surface finish there's nothing yeah, it's yeah. nothing like structural no but like yeah. something like, something's falling off it's a pothole it's just like a little this is unusable okay yeah yeah well even it might be you know it, it, there's like lots of kind of ways out of this but we just don't have time to figure that out right now basically yeah it's just it's such a strange thing because like tom said it's like we want the interior to be nickel plated but the exterior can't be like you can't apply Cerakote to straight nickel plating because it's too smooth and shiny. Like you need a you know a rough surface. Like that's how Cerakote kind of digs its teeth in and kind of has something to grab onto. Uh, and so it's such a weird thing where it's like, yeah, we want to nickel plate this thing, and then we essentially want to like destroy you know like rough it up yeah because it's like the nickel plating on the outside is just a consequence of nickel plating the inside right precisely exactly. yeah. yeah yeah and remind me again why you're nickel plating the inside so <laughs> we ask ourselves that every day yeah maybe, maybe that was a really bad decision uh, what was the decision though that led to that well i mean the reason is it's a good reason is so uh, electrolyst nickel which is not just nickel it's like nickel phosphorus so it's it's very hard and very mm-hmm. durable and very shiny and smooth and so just like when we talked about last episode where we are, I don't know when it was, we made new knocks because the titanium knocks kind of were making yeah, a zipping last, last sound. Time. Yeah. So one thing that especially thicker metal plating or like nickel plating does is it kind of fills those like little machine marks that are very small. And mm-hmm. so it also, nickel plating also kind of makes the ID smoother. And so not only is it harder, so it'll be better for wear resistance but it's also smoother. And so it's just a way to make the ID of like where you're putting the knock in and out, you know, pushing the knock in and out, just smoother and nicer. And so um, it is the harder thing to do and it causes problems like as we've been talking about, uh, which I don't, if we would have known these were problems, we like would have maybe figured out a different solution or something. So that's, that's why we made the decision. Now in the future, we might try to do something different. Um, but this is like where we are now. It still might be that the solution is we just make sure and we use a plater that does it perfectly and it's like no problem. Um, so we'll just see. That's like something, the bridge to cross uh, after we're done with getting all these parts out the door. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that's, that's the reason, uh, basically. Yeah, and just to reiterate... Like this, this quote unquote problem with the nickel plating, like only rears its head when we're like aggressively sandblasting the exterior, which is kind of like an unusual thing to do to something that's nickel plated. So like all all of the mechanisms that are like nickel plated and the knock and everything, like those are all fine. Like those all are performing as expected. And like the nickel plating is good. Like this, like quote, again, like this issue is really only when you're like trying to do something really crazy with it. So that's, you know, that's good that like all the other parts are that are nickel plated are fine. Whoa. Yeah. So, so what's hilarious is so like, okay, obviously like that's a problem and that's like, you know, something, but at the same time, Dan and I are like, you know, embarking on this crazy journey to assemble all of these parts, like mechanism parts and stuff. Uh, so it's like we have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm burning through a lot of podcasts. Uh, did Mike, did you watch that video that I sent? Yeah, uh, I did. It's, yeah, so that's basically kind of what our lives are like. Uh, just 
assembling uh, right now. So right now we we are assembling the mechanism, uh, which basically happens in two stages. It's first is you're kind of connecting three parts together. So there's like an inner mechanism and an outer mechanism, and those have to be aligned in a very precise way. <laughs> like it's a it's a hex you know, going into an outer hex and it has to be oriented in a certain way or the mechanism doesn't work. And then we put the knock on just by hand, kind of snug it on there. And then, so that's like the first process. And then the second process is using an arbor press to, to do the press fitting of the knock. So it's like, quote unquote, permanently on there. You're kind of basically jamming two metals together to like, smush them together so that they're they're really tightly uh you know connected um and so that's all you know very repetitive and and very laborious uh we've actually hired like a helper uh to help speed things up uh so it's all i mean it's going smoothly like we've put so far like i think we're probably up to like a couple thousand mechanisms um so now that the bodies, the Cerakoted bodies are, are coming in today, uh, we're actually able to start doing like final assembly, uh, which is exciting. And then, uh, yeah, I think our goal is to like start shipping to backers next week. Wow. I've got to say, considering the amount of issues you guys have been describing, I'm surprised that you're still <laughs> able to start shipping. Yeah. <laughs> I assume it's going to be maybe a little bit slower going than you would have hoped, right? Because the parts are coming slower. But We're doing it in batches for sure. So we're probably going to do a shipment every day or every couple days probably mm-hmm. of like a you know, several hundred ideally. So it's going to, you know, we have basically 4,000 orders to ship. So it's going to take a couple weeks to get everything out, but I think it's going to feel good once we get into that rolling shipping cadence. It's going to feel like every day, like, you know, stuff is happening and stuff is being shipped. So that'll, I mean, it already feels good that we're actually like moving towards that. Um, But I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Is this, in it when it comes to the products that you've done in the past, is this like one of the most on time? Uh, I guess so. For Kickstarters, I mean, nothing, nothing will beat the original glyph. Well, which, that's like <laughs> our campaign ended in November, like early November, and we were shipping it like five weeks later. Like nothing will beat that. I don't know how that happened. Right, but that's speed. I'm not talking about speed. I mean, like of what you yeah. rec- what you said was going to yeah. be the time, and what was the time. Yeah. yeah, maybe we're just getting better at estimating. I guess so. I think it's because you know typically we will our Kickstarters will be like in September, and for the Mark One it was like I forget when, but it was like way in like April or something, and so mm-hmm. that um, that I think really helped us, right? Because we had like way more time. But it does somehow like I don't know what it is. It's like it it always comes down to the wire with the holidays. Like I do not understand why it's always the case. Like I feel like we could start we could have a Kickstarter in December and then it would come down to the wire for the next holiday shipping season. Like I do not understand uh, what's going be like, on. Right, we set it up in December because we know we can deliver these in May and it's like, "Oh, the holidays." <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't How does get it keep it. happening? It's like, "Oh, we decided to do Christmas in March this year." Why? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but no, I get you're right. Uh, it, uh, you're, it certainly does not feel that way, <laughs> um, but uh, you are right. I mean, this is definitely the m- most complex. It's just a different kind of problem. Really? I think, 
Well, it's not exactly, but because these are items that are like require a high level of finish, like much higher than like anything else we've made, uh, that is the difference, I think. Yeah, I think there's a much I think there's a much smaller margin for error on this. Like yes. the precision of the machining that needs to happen crazy. for the for the mechanism and like the assembly mm -hmm. needs to be done correctly, like I was saying, and then all the like surface finishes. Like, there's just a much smaller margin for error than our previous products. Well, I think, but one of the big things, though, is, like, compared to maybe some of the stuff that you've done in the past, not everything, but some, you haven't had to really change it in any way, though. Yeah, um, no, that's true. We, we've basically been able to stick to our guns. Um, so, you know, that is, that is awesome. Like, the, usually we have some kind of, like, soul-searching problem before production starts. This is the first time where we're really battling something after the production run has happened. Um, so that is like a different kind of stress, uh, which sucks. Uh, so you're right. It is like, we haven't, we didn't have to make a big change unless I'm forgetting something. Right, Dan? I don't think we did. Right. Like you've made some like slight material changes and stuff like that, but nothing about yeah. the product yeah. is really any yep. different to the people that are getting it in ways that they would notice, which could be oh, yeah. different some, from some other stuff. But, you know, because like it was as you said, like you, I was surprised to hear you say it's probably the most complex purely because there has been no deal breakers. It's just like, mm -hmm. I mean, I understand that it's been really tough for you guys, but it's like been supplier changes and process changes, but the actual product itself is very close to form. Oh, yeah. From, a, from, the, from the backer perspective, yeah, I think... You know, it's it's not there's not really any bad any bad news. I mean, actually, all the news we've delivered basically is good news. Like the the knock, the more we live with it now, um, I really like that we went with the went again with the nickel plating on the knock. It's like really shiny. Uh, so yeah, I think all any things we've cha changed have actually been like improvements, which is nice. So that mm -hmm. yeah, that is true. It's good we don't uh, didn't have much bad news to deliver. So. It just feels, I think in a couple months, we'll have a different perspective on this. And we've like learned a ton in terms of <laughs> like metal finishes and stuff like that. So that all feels really good. But uh, right now it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty rough, <laughs> pretty rough. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 44.